You've tuned in to Naturopathic Earth Radio and Holistic Health News, where you get the latest on medical cover-ups, government malfeasance, toxins being put in our food and home, as well as sound, clean eating principles. We are here to cast a light on what the big sick care industry and its government shills don't want you to know. Don't be a slave to Big Pharma. Break free of the shackles of big food and start your journey now on a long, purposeful life. Become a citizen of Naturopathic Earth. Here's your host, A. Gregory Luna. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of Holistic Health News. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to go back to intergender dynamics. You know, this is one of my favorite topics. Of course, I like to talk about toxins in the food and biohacking and weight loss management and all those things. But I also like to delve into how men and women interact. And we have prior episodes on the online dating scam. We have the episode on ghosting and benching and other manipulative dating acts that men and women do on each other. We have the episode on women who tend to have a lot of sex, have higher rates of depression and mental health problems. And so I wanted to do an episode on, you know, eight or nine red flags that you need to be aware of before you get married to somebody. Okay, because a lot of you want to get married. I personally do not want to get married. I've been married and I'm never going down that road again. But I know that some of you are women, and women are more wired to want to get married than men because they're they're wanting the security of the man, and they don't want to die alone, even though I could retort to dying alone. There's a good chance you're going to die alone either way, but you know whatever. But uh, And also, I think women just don't like not to be in a relationship. Men, we're, we're more wired to just roam the wilderness and uh, be alone. We really don't have a problem with it as much. But women, you know, for whatever reason, you want to get married. Also, I understand there's people in their 20s, Gen Zers and millennials who who still want to get married. And so, look, some of this is just practical tips that will help you go down that road of finding Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. And so for the sake of ease, I'm drinking some some white tea that I got in Sedona back in October. I got this nice bag of white tea that's got a bunch of fruit in it. Let me drink it. Oh, it's so good. For the sake of convenience, I'm just going to use the pronoun she because I'm a man. I'm a man. And so this goes both ways. This goes both ways. So the number one risk factor, and this is in no particular order, would be they have loads of debt. They have loads of debt. So when you meet a man, when you meet a woman, and you know, at the beginning, you're meeting the other person's ambassador, right? You're not meeting the real person. Nobody on the first date, unless they really don't give a damn and they're pulling like high pickup PUA game, alpha kind of crap, and they're just completely honest because they don't give a damn and they really don't like you, or they think by negging you, you'll like them more. Um, no one's really honest. No one's going to say, hey, I have, uh, you know, borderline personality disorder or you know i have herpes you know no one's telling people their worst things on their first date but after three four dates or let's say you 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 know you've been dating for a, you know a month or two you need to start asking questions right because theoretically dating is a precursor or a warm-up to marriage especially when you're younger and so ask about the debt now if the person tells you that they have a lot of consumer debt that is a humongous red flag because what does that tell you? It tells you that they're not good with money. It tells you that they have 
poor judgment. It tells you they have impulse control disorders. Now, some of you be like, oh, but Gregory, you know, women shop. Well, look, look, I have that episode on 10 signs that you're an online shopping addict. That's probably around episode 120. It doesn't matter. I mean, there's you could go to Goodwill and buy all those clothes. Okay, so if if somebody has high consumer debt, and this could apply to guys too, right? They're buying stuff for their cars or whatever. You need to be careful. Now, they'll, inevitably, they'll try to initiate your white knight reflex and tell you, oh, you know, I had some medical emergency or I was involved in some Ponzi scheme by some family member and they wanted us to invest in money. It doesn't matter. They still owe that money. So if they have high debt, consumer debt, but even student loan debt, because see, ultimately, I'm sure they were told when they were younger, go to a state school, right? Don't don't go to these public schools. And then, you know, a lot of them are going to go to graduate school, you know, to get a degree that they can't make any money with. But I mean, either way, if you marry this person, inevitably, especially if you're the man, the expectation or the pressure is going to be put on you, either implicit or explicit, that you're supposed to help pay off that debt. So if a person has a lot of debt, that's a red flag. I would just turn around. I don't care how great they are because you you can't suffer from one-itis. You can't suffer from the idea that there's only one person in your life that can make you happy or make you complete, like Jerry Maguire said. There's millions. So you need to have the power and the confidence to walk away. So that's a major one, debt. If they have a lot of debt, you need to run out. I don't care what the reasons are. You need to run away because chances are when you get married and you're merging those accounts, which is a big, bad idea, they're going to continue spending a lot of money because it's wired into them. They've already shown that prior to meeting you. All right. And this is in no particular order. The second one is their house is a mess. Their house is a mess. And this would also apply to their cars too or any property they, they own. So if you go to their house for the first time, you know, and ladies too, just know if a guy is always very weary or loath to invite you over to their house, there's a good chance that they're still married. Uh, they, that's why they're always like, baby, let's go to your house, baby. Let's go to your house. But either way, let's say you go to their house and it's a pigsty. Uh, well, that, yeah, that's a humongous red flag. Because I mean, what does that what does that tell you? Not, it doesn't just tell you that they're messy. They're pathologically messy. And it tells you again that that is a, that is a, an opening, like the window, the the eyes of the, the the window to the brain. It it is an opening into their psyche. And so the the question needs to be asked: like, why do they live in such filth? Why are they okay in living in such filth? Now, if they live alone, it's completely unexcusable. And, and yes, men are a little more dirty, so yeah, expect the toilet to be dirty, the bathtub. But in general, if if they're one of those pack rats hoarders, where you, you've seen those people, those cars in the parking lot, you walk by and there's just Every part of the car, aside from the passenger seat, is overflowing with fast food wrappers and newspapers. Humongous red red flag into their mental health. And when you marry somebody, you're bought in right now. That their mental health is essentially your mental health, and you might end up being a codependent, you know, in a codependent relationship where you're trying to fix them. So avoid that completely. Avoid it completely. Now, you could be marrying a single mom. And, you know, their house might be messy with toys. And to a certain extent, you have to give them, you know, a little leeway. But if you don't ever see the woman cleaning up after herself, you know, cleaning up after the toys or even cleaning the, the kitchen here and there, that is a red flag. Okay, we, we, we don't need to be OCD, spick and span, you know, wiping and mopping the, the floor every day. But there needs to be a certain modicum of cleanliness. And when there's not, that is a red flag. All right, a third one is going to be watch out for for cluster B personality disorders. So, in the D- diagnostic statistical manual, we, we talked about this when we talked about the in uh, the depression, the psychotropic drugs, anxiety episodes we've done in the past. The DSM is the Bible that that 
uh, psychiatrists, psychologists use to diagnose, to diagnose mental health disorders. And so in the DSM, there is a, a, a group of personality disorders called the cluster Bs. And so the, the big four are going to be borderline, narcissistic personality disorder, histrionic, and antisocial. So antisocial is going to be, you know, typically the, the greatest exaggerated version of that is the serial killer, right? People have no remorse. People don't know right or wrong. Narcissistic personality disorder, we have an episode on that. Go back to about episode 100, so I'm not going to spend too much time on that. And look, we all have elements of narcissism in us to a certain extent, but NPD is a, is a, is a completely different picture. Now, the two that you, you probably need to worry about more are going to be histrionic and borderline. So with histrionic, histrionic is more like outbursts. Women or men, but histrionic is mostly women. Who do a lot of outbursts in public, a lot of sass, a lot of yelling, and they want attention put on themselves. And Borderline is best exemplified by all the stalker movies like Fatal Attraction, Obsessed, Girl Next Door, Boy Next Door, The Roommate. These are people that are willing to harm you, harm your friends, you know, boil your bunny like in Fatal Attraction, or threaten to kill themselves in order to keep you. So the the big the big red flag at this point in early relationships is raging you know if you notice that your woman is raging a lot screaming at you yelling uh, you know that could be a sign of bipolar but it also could be a sign of uh, you know a cluster B personality disorder also if she's threatening you or if you notice that she's threatening a lot of people right or if she tells you stories from her past where, you know, yeah, this guy did this, and so, you know, I did this, 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 you know, and at the beginning, you know, and I certainly was like this when I met, you know, my ex, when when I thought she was really sassy, I thought that was awesome, right, so she's a fiery woman, but just remember, that fire can be turned on you, and inevitably, it will be turned on you, right, inevitably, you will be the eventual victim, and so, you need to be careful. If you notice there is severe psychological or mental issues with the person that you're dating, in particular, Cluster B stuff, where they uh, you know, it can be violent, outbursts, manipulative, raging, uh, you know, or, or they could, you know, do, do the narcissist stuff and then, you know, love bomb and then pull away and discard and withdrawal and, and just gaslight and all these things. That's a red flag. You need to stay away from that as soon as possible. Okay, let's keep going. If your partner has a lot of sexual partners. Now, lots of times people will lie about how many sexual partners they have. Uh, but sometimes there's some tells. Like we've, we've done that episode on tattoos. So don't get offended, women, if you're listening and you have tattoos, you have a bunch of tattoos because we did that 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 episode where I showed the studies. The more tattoos you have, the higher rate of mental illness and sexual partners you have. And so if guys, if you're dating a woman and she's got a bunch of tattoos, oh, you need that is kind of a red flag, you know. The butterfly on the ankle is one thing, but if she's like sleeved up, well, that, that's a red flag, I hate to tell you. But we did that episode about 20 episodes back on the rate of promiscuity, right? The more partners a woman has, a higher rate of depression, anxiety, mental health problems she has. So if you meet somebody and they're honest, and most women are not going to be honest because it's against the feminist imperative to be honest about how many partners you have because they're worried about slut shaming. But in the event that they are honest and they say they've had 25 partners or something like that, that is something that you need to consider. Also, there's studies that show that the more partners, especially females, because again, females release the oxytocin, females are the receiver of the act. The, the more sexual partners a woman has, the less ability she has to pair bond. And, you know, you could hazard guesses as to why this is. And so what I mean by pair bond is maintaining and, you know, long-term monogamous relationships, like bonding with somebody. And so this could be because, you know, they, they've just been, quote, unquote, pumped and dumped. 
you know, they're just objectified, used as an object. And so every time they're used as an object by men, they just, you know, part of you, I guess, imagine like rape, right? When you're, if you're getting raped, part of you just, your mind has to go elsewhere to disassociate with the horror, the horrific thing that's happening. So I think, I think to a lesser degree, this could happen too. Uh, with a woman, if she's having a lot of partners, you know, she's got to just kind of disassociate her mind from what's going on. And so just just be aware if the person's had a lot of sexual partners. Also, if the guys had a lot of sexual partners, and most of the time guys are encouraged never to tell their woman how many partners they've had. But let's say he's had, you know, 60 partners, 70 partners or whatever, you know, that, that could be a sign that he's a philanderer. That could be a sign that he has problems maintaining a relationship. A good question to always ask both people is what was your longest relationship ever? Because that would demonstrate whether or not they have pair bonding problems and ability or lack of commitment or inability to maintain relationships. So if that, if you're if you're 30 or 40 and the person tells you, yeah, that my longest relationship is six months, that's a red flag because they're, they're clearly incapable of maintaining long-term relationships because unless they're like she's all that or some ugly Betty where they've never dated the last 20 years, because they were ugly or something like that. Now they started to date. You know, a typical person who's 40 had 20, 25 years of dating. And if their longest relationship is six months, you need to run. That's not good. All right, another red flag. And this might be a little offensive to some of you, but oh well. Is going to be whether or not the person's already been divorced or has kids. Now, the reason why this could be a red flag, tea break, is because statistically and okay, we always like to use the stats statistically people who've been divorced have a higher rate of divorce for their second and third marriages so the rate of divorce is actually about 70 percent in america if you take away all the old people who won't divorce so if you look at people between 20 and 40 it's around 70 percent not 50 percent but the rate of second divorce rate of marriage of uh, the rate of divorce of second marriages is about 75%. And then the rate of divorce of third marriages is about 85%. So the fact that you're going into a relationship with someone who's already been married, you're already behind the cue ball. Now, you're already behind the cue ball in general with American marriage as it is. But certainly, if they've already been married, that's a red flag. Because, and let me mention the kids. So with the kids, you know, everybody's different. I would certainly say a, a woman, if you're marrying a man who has kids, especially if they're older and they're about to go to college or he only has one or two uh, you know, it, it, it might not be that big of a deal if they're older, but still, you're going to be the stepmom. There's stepfather syndrome, stepmother syndrome, where you know, we, we've had that episode on kids of single moms. This is about 30 episodes ago. Have a higher rate of being abused, physically and sexually abused. So we've talked about this already to a certain extent. But for you men, you know, when you when you marry a woman who already has children, especially if they're younger children, but in general, you need to be prepared to the fact that you are putting your money and your resources into raising the offspring or seed of another man. Now, some some men have problems with that, like the alpha men, the, the high sexual market value men are going to be like, no, I'm not going to do that. I can go find a woman who has no kids. But some of them, maybe, I guess you could call it the beta, the beta providers. Some men would be okay with it, especially if they think that the woman is a high catch or something like that. And he'll be okay with it for a little while. But this is why there's stepfather syndrome. So the higher rate of beating the kids is because later on they become resentful. Also, the issue with the children is, you know, you're never going to be the number one priority to the woman. The woman's number one priority, or at least it kind of should be, would be the children. And so you're, you're, you're never going to be number one or even number two. The other issue is as the kids go into teenagehood, uh, you know, 
there's going to be inevitably some fights, right? And then they're always going to pull that trump card. You're not my father. You're not my father. And then the mom is going to have to choose between you or the kids. And inevitably in a fight, she's going to choose the kids. And then when, when the kids see that, then they know they can walk all over and disrespect you because you have no authority in that house. And she's just a lot of baggage that you're going to inherit if you end up marrying somebody who has kids and who's, and who's been divorced. Now, going back to divorce, too. Uh, uh, divorcing shows that they have bad judgment. If you've noticed in a lot of these already, right, that loads of debt, the house is a mess, loss of partners, the tattoos, already divorced. What is the consistency here? The consistence, the consistent motif is bad choices, right? Bad discernment, bad judgment. And so what makes you think that this person's bad judgment, their pattern of bad judgment is just going to stop all of a sudden? It probably isn't going to stop. So they've shown that they've had poor judgment. Now, the retort to this would be, well, Gregory, you know, you know, he left me, he cheated on me. Okay, maybe he did, but ultimately you chose him. You chose him. You chose the philanderer. You chose the guy who beat you or the narcissist or whatever it is. You chose him. So what does that say about you? It says that you have bad judgment. You have bad judgment. You picked a guy who was an a-hole, and maybe that's why you found him attractive at the beginning because he's one of those confident alpha male a-holes. So, I mean, partly you have to blame yourself. Also, in a divorce, you know, if the guy is the one who ends up leaving the, the woman, for example, the question needs to be asked. I mean, was living with her so horrific that it caused this man to leave his children and to leave her? I mean, that's the other question you need to ask, and vice versa if you meet a married, a divorced man. You know, if the woman left him, why did she leave him? Maybe she wanted to go monkey branch and find a higher sexual market value man, you know, hypergamy. Or maybe, you know, he, you know, was was a, a gambling addict who blew all their money or he was a philanderer. So, yes, I know a lot of people listening to this are have been previously married, but you got to look in the mirror. I mean, I'm always honest about looking in the mirror here. You got to look in the mirror and say that you, th those are liabilities. Those are liabilities when you're looking at a new relationship. All right. Another red flag is that they're not religious. Now, a lot of you, we live in a post-Christian world. The only reason I would say that irreligiosity is, a, is, a, is a, a possible red flag is because religion, especially the traditional religions, you know, Orthodox Jewry, conservative Catholicism, conservative Orthodox, Mormon, Seventh-day Adventist, Baptist, they still see marriage as a sacrament. They still see marriage as something that needs to be maintained forever. They're... If they have an active prayer life, if they're going to church, they still believe that uh, that they don't want to offend God. They want to please God. They they still believe in sin and hell and heaven and all these things like that. And that kind of, you know, a lot of you atheists and agnostic would see that as a fear mechanism to control you, right? Like Mark said, you know, religion is the opiate of the masses. Of course, he doesn't say that about the state. Because in Marxism, of course, the state replaces religion. And of course, if you look at, the atheistic governments, they have killed 10 times more people just in the 20th century than any religious country ever did. If you look at Mao and Stalin and Mao Zedong and, and Ho Chi Minh and all these people. So, I mean, removing religion and having an atheistic world would be horrific. We'd actually kill more people, but that's a separate topic. So if, if, if these people are still religious, that is kind of a control mechanism or it kind of helps you in a marriage because they understand Jesus's teachings about divorce, and of course, the you notice I'm not mentioning the mega churches because the mega churches do you know pass out divorces like it's candy because they've actually turned their back on on Jesus's decrees on divorce, but that's a separate issue here. So you need to 
I would I would say if they're not religious, then what's really keeping them and preventing them from living a nihilistic, hedonistic lifestyle? Nothing. There's no fear, right? So when when a, when an atheist says, "I give you my word," or "I swear that I won't do this," what's backing that up? It's not fear of going to hell. It's not fear of God. Nothing's backing that up. So if you meet a a woman or a man who's not religious, and certainly if they're you know militantly anti-God, or if they're just nihilistic or hedonistic, you know the the pursuit of pleasure. Um, that could be, you know, that, that's not a good sign because they'll they'll probably be more likely to divorce you because again, you know, when you're religious, God teaches God's first commandment was be fruitful and multiply, and you know what God brings together, no let let no man break. I mean, He told that to Adam and Eve. So I mean, if if they're religious, they understand that marriage is supposed to be something that's supposed to be valued and you work on and so forth, and so they're less likely to leave the relationship, even though the you know the divorce rates are crazy right now but again you know, america is a post-christian society this isn't christendom from you know eight eight century a.d to you know arguably right before the renaissance where everybody was imbued in christianity and catholicism and and, and that was uh, a, a society that all religious morality all morality was reinforced now we don't live in that the society doesn't reinforce that if hollywood pushes hedonism and drugs and promiscuity and all these things so if the person's not religious, to me, that's a major red flag you need to be aware of. All right, the next one is more applicable to women. So if you if the woman has a lot of college degrees, so not just the bachelor's, but the graduate degree and then a law degree, a medical degree, uh, statistically, that is a, that is a, a higher rate of uh, divorce. Because, and you know, to be honest, I, I I can't make the correlation. I'm assuming that maybe if their majors or major or majors was in feminism or you know gender studies or something like that, or they got their graduate degree in psychology or, or history, where it's just radically Marxist, Marxist and radically leftist, that there's going to be less emphasis on on uh, you know religion and God. And so, the statistics are pretty clear, though. If the woman has a lot of degrees. Um, there's just a higher rate of divorce. Now, this does not mean that it's not like this one is not nearly as bad as the other ones I mentioned before, like the raging and the and, and so forth and the loads of dead. But just understand that if the woman has a lot of college degrees, that is a, a higher a, a higher rate that she could divorce. Another one we're going to talk about is addiction. I mean, this this is an obvious one. If you meet that guy and he's already a gambling addict and doing online poker, or if you meet that woman and she's uh shopping addict or you know you meet that guy and he's hooked on porn already <laughs> deviant porn uh you need to run you know th these things are not going to change and don't don't think that you are the the amulet or the panacea that's going to change this person if you start dating them and they're already addicted to something and you know you you want to be free if you have an addiction you are a slave to that addiction if you know anybody who who has a, a gambling addiction drug addiction certainly alcohol addiction it just ruins lives so why do you want it to ruin your life you don't want it to ruin your life so look again don't have one itis don't have this idea there's only one person for you there's many people that are for you and you need to run you need to run you're not going to fix that person you are not going to fix that person another red flag is that they don't ever talk to their family so if you Start dating them at the beginning, and you notice that uh, you know they have kind of a strange relationship with their father, with their mother, with their their brothers. They never talk to them, that, you know. And, and of course, they're going to spin it in a way where they look like it's that it's justified, or they're the good guy, or they the other people did bad things. That's still a bad sign because it shows that they can't maintain relationships, and they can't maintain the most 
I guess, primordial instinctual relationship of all, the, the blood relatives, right? And if, if they have problems maintaining relationships, that's a, that's a humongous red flag that you need to look into. And you definitely, if you decide to stay with this person, you need to ask the questions and actually talk to the family members as to what's really going on, for sure. Another red flag would be they can't hold down jobs. I don't, I'm not going to spend too much time on that because that's, that's clearly obvious. I, again, that goes to lack of judgment, lack of responsibility, lack of commitment. Okay, so let's finish up. Okay, by no means is this list exhaustive. These are just some major points that came to my mind prior to recording this episode, but I think they're all valid. Now, some of you, of course, are going to be offended by some of the things I've I've mentioned because uh, you might exhibit some of these things like the messy house or you've had a lot of sexual partners or you're not religious or or whatever. But, you know, look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. I mean, we we all have to be accountable for our actions and what we've done in, in past relationship mistakes. Lord knows I've made some for sure. And I've learned from them. That's why I'm no longer ever going to engage in long-term relationships. I'm living a a kind of a MGTOW lifestyle because I realize that I have stuff that I need to work on. And there's, there's several reasons why, but one of them is if I know I have, I have sheet to work on, why would I subject myself to a, a, to a woman, all my, you know, the issues I got to work on, like my neuroses and all these things, you know, it, it, it's selfish. It's selfish. It's like if you know you're you have major depression issues, or if you're bipolar, or you're you're an alcoholic. You know, as much as we you know people don't want to be alone. I mean, let's let's not be selfish and subject your all those the, that that sheetrock that you have to the other person. Uh, but the other issue is just you know there's no reason for me to marry. There's no benefit from it. Now, of course, you guys can post on social media if you like. Tell me how I'm wrong. But in general. Uh, these are red flags. So if you're dating somebody, and I don't care if this is like the day before you sign that marriage contract, you can always leave. Because once you sign that marriage contract, now theoretically you can't get an annulment like Britney Spears did. Uh, but but you these are legitimate red flags. So I don't care how rich she is or how beautiful she is or how you know rich he is. These are humongous red flags. The average marriage lasts eight years. Eight years in America, you know, it's in, since the beginning of this millennia. So they, I, I checked it. I checked the um, the government statistic on this. And since two thousand one, since the two thousand census, eight years, eight years, eight years. So I mean, guys, okay, if you really want to get married, if any of the people that you are, are considering to, to marrying these suitors, as we used to call them have these issues certainly if they have at least five out of the ten that i've mentioned run away you can find people who don't have this and again there's no hurry to to marry and it really there's no reason to marry but okay certainly there's no hurry to marry now if you're a man we didn't we need to do that episode on the sexual market value of men and women but the sexual market value of men doesn't peak till 38 because men are judged by women by the amount of money they make, accomplishments, status, and so forth, and less about looks. And so, as the man gets older, his attractiveness to, from the to, toward the from the opposite sex waxes, increases. So, men, if you're listening to this, you're 27. Don't feel pressured by the woman to get married. They want you to get married because the woman's sexual market value peaks at 24. 
And this is largely based on fertility, right? Fecundity. And, and then it, it precipitously drops to, you know, when, when 40 comes and then she's, you know, she's hit the wall and then certainly with menopause. So there's really no hurry for you men to marry with you women. There's a little more hurry because for you to really catch the high quality men, you need to catch them when you're relatively young. Because if you're listening to this and you're single and you want to get married and you're 35, 40, 45, you're competing with women that are much younger than you and that have less baggage than you. I'm, I'm just being completely honest and heartfelt here. These women are younger. They have no kids or less kids. They still have more signs of fertility and beauty than you do. So it, it's harder. And this is one of the issues I have with radical feminism because radical feminism tries to teach women and tell women that's okay, that you can have it all, you can have it all. And so it pushes them to have a career through their 20s and 30s. And then when they're 35, 36, they're like, now I'm going to go find a man and get married. Well, good luck on that because a lot of the, the high-quality alpha men, so to speak, who are your age are not going to be looking at you, even if you're beautiful. They're going to be looking at younger women because they're going to have more years of fertility and they can have more kids and, and so forth. And so you're going to be competing with those women. Now, if you are 36 or 40 and you're willing to have a child, I would recommend you women assuming you want to get married, look for older men, you know, because like a 45-year-old man, 50-year-old man, and even though some of you might be like, ew, you know, that's so gross, just remember, a man always wants to be with a younger woman. It is exceptional when a man is, wants to be with an older woman. It's unheard of. Now, she, he might be okay with it when they're in their 20s or 30s, but as soon as she's approaching the wall in menopause, he's he doesn't want to be with a woman who's older because she's not exhibiting signs of fertility in youth anymore. So if you are... 40 and you're on dating sites look for the 50 year old man because men always want to be with younger women so no matter how old you get you can be 45 50 he's always going to be 55 or 60 so in his eyes you're always the younger woman all right guys so hopefully the, this was sagacious this was insightful for you uh, last thing of course the website's naturopathic earth go check it out i have a lot of articles there Support the podcast through buying Confessions of an Obese Child, my ebook on Amazon Kindle or Barnes and Noble Nook for $2.99. If you want some one on one coaching for you know, cleaning out your pantry or dating advice or whatever, it's $1 a minute on Clarity. You can just click on the episode notes, you can find the link there. Help us out through our Amazon links. If you go to the website, Naturopathic Earth, go to the tab at the top that says articles or food recipes. Click on that. And you'll notice that every food recipe article has an Amazon picture. Click on the Amazon picture. Anything you buy on Amazon through that link within 24 hours, we get a 2% commission and no expense to you. Support us through our Patreon account and through our PayPal me account. Please be generous because this is not free. And lastly... Please listen to the Essential Oils and Herbal Apothecary podcast and Confessions of an Obese Child podcast. And please post reviews and share them with others. Guys, until next time, God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to NPE Radio and Holistic Health News. Visit our website at naturopathicearth.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Holistic News Now and at our Facebook page at Naturopathic Earth. Please consider a donation at patreon.com slash naturopathic earth. Buy the confessions of an obese child ebook on Amazon or Barnes and Noble Nook. Consider subscribing to our podcast. And as always, please post an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this. And remember, the core belief at NPE. Let food be thy medicine. Let nature be thy healer. Until next time. Music courtesy of Nine Inch Nails. <laughs>